Well, I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Um, as you do, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about parenting and being children and so forth. These are just a sampling of uh, some books. You can hand these around and uh, take a look at, at those. Uh, can't swear by everything in each one of them, but those are some good books that uh, I and others have encountered on parenting that I'll hand around that you may want to, to look, uh, look at. So somebody make sure they get over to this side of things when they get there. As you do turn to Ephesians 6, you'll see we're continuing uh, through this book of Ephesians. We're diverging just a tad bit from our original plan in that we're going to divvy up this, uh, this next section of Ephesians and just talk about parenting, children this week. And then two weeks from now, next week we'll have a, a message on stewardship, but two weeks from now uh, we will tackle this issue of workers and servants, workers and uh, or bosses and workers that, that comes up in uh, verses 5 through 9. So if you were following real carefully along with that schedule we gave you about two months ago, I'm just telling you, it's going to be a little different for the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, as we turn here and talk about this topic of parenting, a number of you probably know already, uh, I'm the father of uh, four boys, uh, seven and under. Uh, certainly do not make any claims to be any sort of parenting expert. Uh, don't claim to have anything nailed down. In fact, I can share a lot of examples of, uh, of failure along the way. So I'm, I'm really sharing with us. I want us to hear what God's Word has to say. It's not about um, me or any uh, particular plan that, that I have. As we go into this, of course, uh, we realize parenting is tough. We also realize children, and I hope you'll uh, uh, be, be able to be attentive to what we talk about today. Children, being a child is tough at points. And also both can be a real blessing and can really be a joy to be a child, to be a parent. Uh, some of us here are wrestling as parents, uh, whether it be with younger children or older children, with some real difficult times. And I certainly recognize that. What we'll look at and see as we turn to these verses, though, I hope, are some truths about living under Christ as parents and as children that will be encouraging to us, probably also be challenging to us in a few places, but I think will be a real blessing to us. I invite you to stand with me as we look at Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. I'll read it aloud as you read along silently. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You may be seated, and as you do, let's uh, seek the Lord again. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we do ask that you would come and meet with us. We are uh, barely begin to, to talk about this topic and whether we are a uh, a young child here or an older child, whether we're a parent here, we recognize greatly, Lord Jesus, that we need you to work in our lives. We thank you for families. We thank you for what family means, that it's a blessing from you. We also see our struggles work in our hearts this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a young man was... Uh, going to his father, he had uh, gotten his driver's uh, license recently was going to his father to um, ask about taking the car out. And his father said, well, uh, son, I'd, I'd love for that to happen, but I, I need you to, to work on uh, three things, three things that I've noticed. Um, uh, one is I'd love for you to get your grades up from a C to a B first. Uh, I'd love for you to begin reading your Bible more regularly. I'd love to see that be a deeper part of your life. That's how we grow spiritually. 
And I'd love to see you get that long hair of yours cut. You need to get that long hair of yours cut. Well, the son waited a couple of weeks and then went back to talk to his father again about getting the, the keys to the car. And his father said, well, son, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you uh, on the one hand. I'm, I'm excited that you've done a couple of things. Uh, you've brought your grades up. That's fantastic. I, I noticed that you've been reading your Bible, but the, the hair, you still, that hair is still pretty long. You haven't really done anything about that. Well, the son responded to him and, and said, Dad, uh, you know, I have been reading my Bible. And I've noticed in the Bible there's uh, some guys like Samson. There's some guys like uh, a Moses that probably had long hair. Even an argument can be made that Jesus had long hair as well. Father saw where he was headed and kind of cut him off of the past. He said, son, you're, you're right. You're right about that. But, son, did you also notice that all of those men in the Bible walked everywhere that they went? Well, sometimes being a parent is uh, fun. <laughs> sometimes being a child is difficult. Sometimes being a child is fun. Sometimes being a parent is difficult. As we look at these verses today, we'll see that God has uh, designed families. He takes time to tell us about what a family is and how it's supposed to interact. And other passages we could look at as well would help us. It doesn't, it's not an exhaustive treatment of the topic. If you look on your bulletin and you want to follow along with the the message you can look on the back of the bulletin, there's a section that gives our main idea, which I think is this, that since Christ is the Savior and the Lord in our families, well, that's what I think we're, many of us are hoping for, parents and children should live out life under Him. We live out our parenthood. We live out being children underneath His loving rule and lordship of our families. If we look at this, we can see, and I'll speak uh, children to you first and then to parents, there's some challenges. You know, why do we need to look at this? Why do we need to talk about this? Well, uh, I'll be honest right off the bat, children, you, you probably know if you've been around a little while, you realize that your parents, although they're trying to get it right all the time, they don't always do that. Sometimes you may even notice that they say certain things for you to do, and they don't necessarily follow through on it that, that well themselves. So it's challenging sometimes to be a child because sometimes us parents don't do the best job that we can. So we'll acknowledge that. We need the gospel. Uh, children, even if you didn't have that hindrance, though, if you're willing to consider it, the Bible talks about something that really keeps uh, all of us from seeking and following the Lord. But as children, probably is a, a bigger obstacle than you might realize to following your parents. And that's this thing in the Bible called pride. And when the Bible children talks about pride, it's not... It's not talking about um, sort of necessarily sitting around talking and bragging to your friends about how you did at your sports or your other activities or in school. What the Bible talks about is this heart issue that all of us have that we say, I think my plan is better for my life than what God's plan is for me. And in particular, as children, I think one of the biggest challenges is to say that God's plan to lead me through my parents and to watch over me and protect me is actually what's best for me, that that is good. So that's a challenge uh, for us. And we also, children, would say that you face around you, and you may be very young and may not have uh, sampled too much of this yet, or you may be moving along into your early teenage years or, or that stage, but we live in a culture 
children. The culture is just all the things going around us. It could be things on TV. It could be things that your friends say. But we live in a culture that doesn't really encourage, in very many places, the idea of you seeing the beauty and the glory and the joy of coming under your parents and following the direction that they give to you. Certainly doesn't encourage in many places an honoring of, of parents. So it's a difficulty for children to follow through on what these verses call parents as well. Now, of course, these verses speak specifically to fathers, and I think there is something that can be taken from that. Um, I will use it generally today for all of parenting because I think this applies to us in general as as parents, too. As parents, we realize we struggle with this because our children uh, fall short. We acknowledge that parents fall short. Our children fall short. And that, that's frustrating. And it really can require uh, uh, a graciousness, uh, a fortitude that's hard to come by, that we can't generate in ourselves, that we've got to seek the Lord for. We not only see that, but we see and we're affected by the culture, too. We live in a culture that, on the one hand, despises children. You think about the issue of abortion. You think about the uh, elevating for both men and women of priority of success in the workplace and downplaying the priority of the home front of really caring and nurturing our family. Uh, You see that on the one hand. On the flip side, we live in a culture, we all experience it if we're parents, of really worshiping children, of really elevating them, whether it's the uh, frenzy that I admit the Peters family probably participates fully in of children's sports and activities that we we are so uh, set on seeing our kids perform at, academic achievement, or just this whole issue as parents of really not wanting to discipline, not wanting to put constraints, wanting our kids to be our friends first and then we'll be our, their parents second. It's nice if you can be your kid's friend, but I think the biblical picture is definitely first and foremost we're called to be parents to them, not to worship them, to lead them as their parents. Those things make it very difficult and last but certainly not least Even if we're beginning to get a handle on all of that, we know, as these verses identify, that we can exasperate our children. Um, It does seem like it's especially addressing fathers there. I'm sure all of us, mothers and fathers, feel this, but um, our, our temper can flare up and can really keep us from having the place in our children's life that we need for it to have. So, boy, there is a lot here for us to consider. We've just got a few minutes to think about it today. But as we talk about this, let me, uh, let me also mention one other thing that I, I tried to highlight last week as we were looking. Again, these are several, these things are connected, talking about husbands and wives last week. If you weren't here, I hope you'll download that message and listen to it. You know, parents and children and then bosses and workers, if you will, we'll look at in a couple of weeks. It's applying the gospel to these different areas of, of life. And we looked last week at uh, husbands and Wives, and we, one of the things I said, and I really think it's important, is and the same thing's true as for parents and children, is that we can uh, attend Bible study, we can be involved in church stuff, we can serve and be involved in different service projects, and those are all avenues of growing spiritually, and they're important. But let us not, in the pursuit of those things, sort of put up a smoke screen, sort of fool ourselves, and forget that God really 
cares. He really wants to see us apply the gospel in some practical ways. And last week it was figuring out how are we going to be husbands and wives before him. This week it's looking at being a parent and child. God cares about that. So we can't sort of do those other things and say that this all is secondary because he took time to, to put it here right before us in his words. So it's important for us to do this. Let's talk first about what God calls children to in this passage, and that's actually the bulk of these verses, if you see, and then we'll talk to parents as well. The interesting thing as we look at this very first verse of chapter 6 is that it's a call to trust Jesus. It's a call to trust Jesus. We saw last week that for husbands and wives to live out their relationship with one another is a call to trust Jesus. They've got to trust that the husband is called to lead the family, that the wife is called to follow that. So too in these verses there's a trusting of Jesus. Children, for you to trust that God's put your parents in place to help lovingly lead you along the way. That requires trusting what Jesus has done. I will mention something too, jumping back, and then I'll start moving forward from last week. But jumping back to last week, I just want to highlight it so we understand The word that's found in the verses we looked at last week for the wife's response to the husband's leadership, this word submit, uh, is different. Uh, It's categorically different from the verse that's found here, chapter 6, verse 1, and chapter 6, verse 5, that says obey. And I want to make that clear because last week I connected all those things because we needed to see the connection. But I also want us to understand parents have a, husbands and wives have a sort of mutual companionship, a willing yielding uh, of the wife to the husband's leadership. Uh, Children and workers and bosses, it's a little different relationship, right? There's not a choice there. It's not sort of an option. It's something that's really uh, required uh, of us. And so this word is stronger here. It says children to obey your parents in the Lord. That means to really follow uh, what they say. So that's the first thing these verses uh, call you to, uh, children, and realize that's not easy. I think we know what that means, though, children. It's not too complicated. It means what they say, the things that your parents give for you to do, as long as they're not out of line with the things in the Bible. We see elsewhere in the Bible that people are told, If they're told to go against the Lord, to follow the Lord first, but I think most of your parents here are probably trying to lead you to the Lord. If your parents are giving you good instruction, it's good, the Scriptures say, to follow that. It's good for you. That's God's vehicle to bring blessing in your life. Indeed, the second verse here speaks to that where it talks about honoring your father and your mother. And then verse 3, children, if you can look at that with me, it says that it may go well with you that you may live long in the land. The Apostle Paul makes a point here of saying there's a promise, there's a special blessing that comes from following your parents. That's God's design to watch over you. And uh, children who are here, you may be a little bit older, maybe you have little siblings, but you know you've probably seen your mom and dad. If you've got maybe a little two- or three-year-old around the house or you remember that, maybe you've seen your little brother or sister start to head out into the street, and what do your parents do? Grab hold of them, right? Probably pull them back. Take them over to the side and have a few words with them. Remind them it's dangerous to walk out in the street. That's what parents, that's what God has put parents in place for, is to lovingly lead you. Admittedly, it gets more complicated the older you get, but that's God's purpose and design for families. So we're called in this way. Children, you're called to to obey, called, even it says here, to honor. That's an interesting word. It's a little bit, because you can sort of kind of grudgingly obey and say, okay, you know, mom and dad said to do this, so I'll just do it. 
It's interesting that the Apostle Paul, a lot of times children of the Bible, challenges us not just to put off one thing, but to put on another. And so it's kind of challenging us to put off disobedience and instead to put on honoring your parents. So really seek to live a life that, that would bring and would yield uh, honor to your parents. That's a tough challenge. Like I said at the beginning, that's not an easy thing to do. And so little ones, children who are here, you need to be um, uh, asking the Lord to, to give you a heart for that because it's not going to be something that comes naturally. And he gives us this encouragement to say you're going to be blessed. There's a promise that comes with it. I think, too, before we move on to talking about parents, a lot of us here are parents, maybe even a few of us grandparents, and we're still children, right? We still have parents above us, and marriage adjusts that relationship. We know children bring some interesting things into that relationship, but we're still called, the Scriptures tell us, to honor our father and mother. That's an important calling. Some of you that are taking care of elderly parents or maybe soon, that's an important thing. That's, like I said before, that's, that's, that's living out the gospel. That's living that out. And so I want you to be encouraged in that today. Well, the second thing we see in these verses, really the last thing, is this idea of parenting and what we're called to as, as parents. Uh, sometimes it seems even if we're trying to do what we want to do as parents that we, we uh, fall short. We try to maybe seize a, a teaching moment. It doesn't work out like the, the man who was at the beach with his family. And his son pulled him over towards the, the shoreline there where the water was coming up and showed him a dead seagull on the ground. The son looked at his dad and said, Dad, what, what happened here? Father was thinking, okay, here's a chance to kind of give a lesson. We'll see if we can get some spiritual truth through. Son, this bird died and went up to heaven. Well, the little boy looked even more perplexed as he looked back up at his dad and said, did God throw him back down? <laughs> well, even when we try to do what we think is good, sometimes it doesn't work out for us. Oftentimes, though, and I think of love, the love, if we want to put one title on this, parenting is love, of course, we know. And that love, we'll mention three things here uh, briefly as we close today. Three things. Uh, that love is demonstrated in actions, how we live out our life. It's demonstrated in, um, uh, in forgiveness, and it's demonstrated in discipline or instruction. So we're going to talk briefly about those three things. And I've read this before, I think maybe in Sunday school, but it just jumped out to me again. I hope you all bear with me when we think about living our lives, and sometimes maybe we don't even realize the way that we're having an impact. Parents, I think we need this encouragement. This is a little poem I found called, When You Thought I Wasn't Looking. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you hang my first painting on the refrigerator, and I immediately wanted to paint another one. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make my favorite cake, and I learned that the little things can be special things in life. When you thought I wasn't looking, I heard you say a prayer and call out to God, and I knew that there was a God that I could look to and could trust when you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make a meal and take it to a friend who was sick, and I learned that it's important to care for other people around us. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw tears come into your eyes. I learned that sometimes things hurt in life, but it's okay to cry. 
When you thought I wasn't looking, I looked at you, and I wanted to say, thanks for all the things I saw when you thought I wasn't looking. Parents, it's uh, huge how we live out our lives. It's not a minor thing. And we are all, as we hear those verses, we probably look at some of those things and say, well, I, I'm encouraged in that and other things. Man, I fall short. Thank the Lord, children, parents, that we have the, the Lord's grace, the gospel, that we stand in light of what Christ has done. So our imperfection as parents, our imperfection of children are washed in the blood of Jesus, and that's a beautiful thing. That the Lord calls us to live out love in our actions as parents. He also calls us uh, to live out forgiveness. If you want to look quickly with me at Luke chapter 15. We actually read this a couple of weeks ago. I don't even remember exactly what that purpose was, but we'll uh, read it again. Uh, Luke 15 verses 11 uh, and following. This uh, story that's commonly called the prodigal son is actually about two sons, but we will read Today, just about the first son, I want us to think as we read this about the calling we have as parents to forgive, to really forgive, because that's sometimes a hard thing when our children hurt us or they don't do what we expect for them to do. We, we, we need to live out grace right there in our homes and in our families. It says this in verse 11 of Luke chapter 15, uh, Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. Understand what he's saying there. He's saying to his father, I wish you were dead so that I could have the money that I want to inherit. Of course, his father's not dead yet, but his father graciously goes ahead, it says, and divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son had gathered all that he had, took a journey into a far country. There he squandered his property in reckless living. And he had spent everything. A severe famine arose in that country. He began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. No one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I'll arise and go to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He came and arose and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, ran and embraced him kissed him. The son said to him what he intended to in verse 22. But the father to his, said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, readiness to show compassion, the Lord is certainly calling us to as parents and to teach our kids. And we have places where as parents we need to seek their forgiveness as well and to teach them what that means to, to live out the gospel in that family relationship. And lastly, 
we see what specifically these verses are calling us to, this idea of discipline. And it, discipline is really a twofold thing always in the Bible, it seems. One is what we call didactic or teaching, instruction, giving. So that kind of discipline, telling somebody what to do, not leaving them to their own uh, devices. And then the other side is discipline is corrective or, you know, we might call it punitive. That seems like a strong word, but, but that's what it is. It's both of those things together. Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 4 through 7 if you want to, you can turn there with me as well, or I'll read it uh, to you. talks about this Old Testament paradigm for this idea, and uh, both uh, fathers and mothers, I think this is important for us to, to think about how we are instructing our little ones. It says in verse 4 of Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord with your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So we're supposed to take it in, parents. We're supposed to be seeking the Lord. And then verse 7, it goes on and says, You shall teach them diligently, not haphazardly, not randomly, not when you feel like you got time for it, diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. It's a call here for us to... Be, have some kind of plan and purpose for us to, to live out uh, giving instruction to our kids, our children in the Lord. And then as you look at these uh, verses in uh, Ephesians, and we know from Hebrews chapter 12, the scriptures remind us that the discipline is not a bad thing. If we've got it in our mind that discipline and correcting our kids is bad, boy, Proverbs has some things about that to say about Now, if we don't do that, we're actually killing our child. We're actually, they will die if we don't give them some kind of correction. Hebrews 12 tells us that that it's talking about God's discipline of us directly, but it reminds us there that a loving parent gives correction. We're unloving if we fail to give correction to our children. Of course, we have to do that in a gracious way, as the verse uh, 4 of Ephesians chapter 6 reminds us. Uh, tells us to bring them up, as I just was saying, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's those two things. And then it also reminds us, and I think, again, maybe has special attention to fathers because of our uh, sometimes tempers, to not provoke our children to anger. That means is that we're careful about how we lead our children. Uh, one thing to read from Stodd, and there's also a handout on the middle of your pew that you can Pass down. I'll, I'll uh, conclude with that. A little white sheet. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to kind of get that in the, the bulletin. I'll close with that in just a second. But um, Frank, good job quoting Stott, by the way. Excellent. I love that. Uh, Stott says, says this, which I thought was helpful about exasperating our children. And then we'll read what's on your sheet there and be done. He says, what we do know is that parents can easily misuse their authority either by making irritating or unreasonable demands, which make no allowance for the inexperience and immaturity of children. (laughs) Guilty as charged. (laughs) I'm expecting my boys to be like a little military unit in my mind. Um, Or by the harshness or cruelty at one extreme, or by favoritism or overindulgence or the other, or by humiliating and suppressing them, or by those two vindictive weapons, sarcasm, and ridicule, sarcasm, and ridicule. 
Those are things that exasperate our children. And as parents, we need to be really careful of that we lovingly discipline our children. Last thing that I think is helpful for us as we bring all of this together and realize that the Lord is showing us a a vision for our families, a vision for what they can be before the Lord. Again, I go to Stott and I typed it up on that sheet for you so that you can read along if you want to. He said, it is he, God, who as a creator first established order in family and society and in the new society which he's now building he does not overthrow it he's just saying these things are still god's still working through families then he says this he says for the family life which god created at the beginning and pronounced to be good was spoiled by human rebellion and selfishness relationships fell apart he's talking about parents and children society was fractured love was twisted into lust and authority into oppression But now, in the Lord, notice those verses talked about all this being in the Lord and under the Lord. By his reconciling work, God's new society has begun. Continuous with the old and the fact of family life, but discontinuous in its quality. For now, all our relationships are transformed precisely because they are in the Lord. They're purged of ruinous self-centeredness, suffused instead with Christ's love and peace, Even obedience to parents is changed, and children, this part is especially for you if you're reading along. It says it's no longer to be a grudging acquiescence in parental authority. Christian children learn to obey with gladness, for it pleases the Lord. They remember the loving submission of Jesus himself. Now this same Jesus is their Lord and Savior and the creator of the new order, so they're anxious to do what pleases him. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we do uh, confess readily our great need of help, our great need of forgiveness for where you are a perfect father. We are so flawed and the children here where Jesus is a perfect child, uh, children fall short of what you would have for them as well. Oh, Father, forgive us. Oh, Father, uh, restore us to each other as parent and and child. Oh, Father, guide and direct us. Let us... uh, Walk in the path of your word that our families might be blessed, that you might be glorified. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.